Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects, and you can check us out and spend your money and buy guitar pedals at westminstereffects.com. And make sure you join the discussion on the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge, so many syllables, on <laughs> Facebook. I am joined uh, in person, as usual, by... This is Bradley Cox, who is totally void of flowery introductory remarks, but nonetheless pastor in Greer, South Carolina at Resurrection Church. I think your flowery introductory remarks are that you don't have any flowery introductory that's, that's remarks. What I, that's I, the so, vibe I'm going for. Th- I mean, I'm okay from with my that. End, it, from my end, it sounded like you said your name was Bradley Cox. Uh, which, I might have. Yeah, I think, I think so. <laughs> That's not good. Cox. So. so devoid of flower introductory remarks that you can't even say your name right. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you got? Do you guys follow worship fails? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a new one. Uh, Brian Johnson Bethel. He's singing, and all it is is he goes. He's trying to say, let the captives free, and he says, let the craptives free. <laughs> and he catches himself and starts laughing. <laughs> it's so good. Welp. Let the craptives free. Let the craptives free. <laughs> and we are joined via the interwebs. Bye. Hey everybody. John Ross here, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, and craptive to the gospel uh, from Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, so we're not, we're going to, I have a packed out day. Uh, we're all pretty busy in the Westminster Effects Doxology podcast world. Uh, so we're going to skip the church this week. Uh, we didn't skip going to church this week, <laughs> just for the record. You're just going to skip um, talking about it. You're just going to skip talking about it. We're not going to do the Inquisition at the end. Uh, we're just going to handle this question that was uh, submitted anonymous. Well, it wasn't anonymously submitted, but he requested to be uh, publicly anonymous. He said, I'd re- really appreciate your input on an issue at my church with the worship team. Here's the history and current circumstances. We have a church of about 2,000 people, and the worship team consists of several rotations. The rotation that I'm in consists of mostly professional musicians who volunteer but are not paid. Uh, there are two other worship teams that are also accomplished musicians. Uh, when our worship or when our music director took over a few years ago, he came into a surplus of musicians and singers, but there were never any auditions held. He didn't have the heart to let anyone go uh, or to tell them not to serve. Since he began, the music and the musicianship has gotten better, but the singing hasn't. Uh, We're at a point where we're stuck with these bad singers, and it feels like we can't really do anything about it. If the worship director told them he was going to phase them out or to not sing in a tactful way, of course, some of them would probably leave the church. It doesn't help that we're not getting in many new singers. We've tried advertising in the bulletin, but no one signs up. Short of paying people to sing, which I believe our church could afford, I don't really see a way out of this. It's hard to believe in a church uh, that a church our size uh, that we don't have good vocalists, but we don't. I know that sounds harsh, but when you hear the same off-tune notes every Sunday, it's hard not to think of ways to fix it. I know the Bible says make a joyful noise, but can it be beautiful too? <laughs> <laughs> well just, played well played just, at the end just please let it be beautiful too M- maybe that's their solution is just get some pitch pitch correction uh, <laughs> you know, I, I am blown away at how many churches use that yeah really like it's amazing that you know you know the, uh, again worship fails um there how many of those are when they're auto-tune 
you know, just goes off the rails. Yeah, yeah. craps out. You know, the craptives uh, <laughs> lose their, their auto tune. This, this is think, literally the crappiest episode we've ever had. Oh I think we, I think we found the name for this one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I'm amazed at how many use that. Um, you know, and and um, when it goes out, how bad those singers are at these large churches. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I don't remember the name of the church, but the one that uh, Brian Wall and, and is Brian Wall from Worship Tutorials is involved with. They use uh, uh, they use AutoTune Live uh, for their live production. I think they use uh, the the Waves plugin and an external DSP box to minimize latency. Uh, but for them, it's not you know we have bad singers and we're going to make them better. It's you know we just want to put a polish on something, which is where mm-hmm. AutoTune outside of like the T-Pain sort of thing, really kind of works, is you just want to sharpen it up a little bit. It's just a little icing on the cake. It's it's not a substitute for just just like, and sorry, literally 90% of the worship musicians in the world, gear does not a better player make. Right. Just like auto-tune does not a better singer make. Um, right. It can be a great can tool you... if they're just a yep. little, you know, if they're dancing around the pitch on some of the high notes and stuff to bend it up. But, you know, I mean, it's it's not a solution uh, that feels like it's applicable for, and for this, this. And this situation, this yeah, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't sound like they're just slightly off. Right. Yeah. It sounds like they're miles off. Yeah. So, Which, so what? At a 2,000-member church, that's hard for me to wrap my mind around. Seriously. That, that you know... But you know, it, what's true is, it, and I, th- I, I've seen this in multiple areas of church life over the years, is when the standard is low. Mm-hmm. If you have people that are really talented and could contribute in that particular area, where it's music or whatever else, if if the standard and quality is low, those po- those folks tend to stay in the background. Yeah. They tend to not go. I yeah. want to be a part of that. Right. And the, the the converse is also true. When your 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 excellence and your quality is high, or is good, the people that are not very good mm-hmm. tend to not try out. They tend to realize I'm not mm-hmm. capable of yep. you know, performing at that yeah. level. Um, occasionally, you'll have someone seep through the cracks. I mean, we had a guy try out for our vocals. I don't know a year a half year and a half two years ago that really thought he could sing and he couldn't. Right. And when we, when our, you guys, I guess, told him mm-hmm. this is not going to work when he tried out, they never came back to church. Right. And honestly, I don't know a way around that. I, I, in all the situations I've been in, when I have either told somebody, I think I can maybe count on one hand in 20 years, the times people that have tried out, and I've done hundreds of tryouts, uh, people that have tried out and have been told no have actually stayed at the church. Mm-hmm. People get their wear their feelings yeah. on their sleeves yep. so much when it comes to music and art. Though, though now, we have had that recently, where where we had a singer try out, and she was told we really need and we typically start our singers on background yeah. on harmonies, and she just doesn't have any experience on harmonies mm-hmm. and couldn't really hold it down at that practice. And it's like, well, if, if you keep working on this, like you can totally join us. Um, and but she's still at the church, 
She's still at the yeah. church. That's yeah. what I'm saying. She's yeah. one of the few. One of the very few, yeah. yeah. But what makes it really hard is when you've got people on the team that can't sing and you got to tell them to stop. Yeah, if they're already if you're, there. If you're going to raise the – yeah, that's just yeah. brutal. Now, just a quick aside on new members and you know new members trying out for the team, so to speak. Uh, we actually have at Christ Lincoln our new worship arts director, Paul Cassidy, is now with us. Um, so awesome. that's, re- that's really cool. Um, we'll have him on the show eventually, but, um, so you don't have to be the bad guy anymore. <laughs> true. Well, thankfully we haven't been put in a position uh, recently to be the bad guy. Um, that helps. but we are looking for a few more people, um, keys, female vocalists and guitar players, which we literally, there's no one else who plays guitar in the congregation, I guess, which is really, really strange in a congregation of like 3000. But, um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, one thing that we're going to start adopting to make the uh, the no a little easier is going to have, um, unless we know them, unless they're like proven, right? Um, right. Our first request is be like, okay, is there a way we can hear you first, like before rehearsal or anything? Like, mm-hmm. can you... Uh, I mean, are you singing somewhere? Can we, you know, tell us when we'll come see you? I mean, do you have a recording uh, from somewhere? You want to make a demo tape? You know, whatever you want. Something, you know, up front there. Um, so it's not like they come to rehearsal and then blow it in front of the whole team, so to speak. Because that can make that feeling even worse. Um, yeah, we, we, do, we do something like that here at Res, where we have a little form on our website that you can fill out. You know, what's your experience? Give us mm-hmm. your testimony, all that kind of stuff. And then it's there's a spot for a link uh, for you to put a link to a video. And, and depending on what you're trying out for, we have we say, hey, if you're trying out for electric guitar, go. I don't even remember what songs they are, but go play this part in this song. Um, so so we know specifically like this is something that we would play or we yeah. would sing in church. And we want to hear you do this thing. And, you know, just it doesn't have sure. to be anything fancy, just maybe a webcam or a, or a phone or whatever. Um, and even 30 seconds, you know, is usually enough time yeah. to tell oh, yeah. it, if yeah, they're going to cut it or not. Yeah, regard, I mean, really regardless of the instrument. I think the only exception would be maybe drummers and, and being able to play to a click. I think, um, you know, that's something that yeah. we've seen recently is is not always second nature um, for them regardless of whether they can keep good time or not however that still doesn't answer the question of what happens when you have a team full of people who can't carry a tune right and and so then that becomes a question of maybe cultivating their abilities right or at least Mm -hmm. using them it could be um since so much modern worship music is is so high (laughs) like Chris Tomlin is is basically bordering on like <laughs> castrati range, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where so much of that is so high, like drop tune that a, a half step or a full step. Of course, step. the metal that the metal could. guy goes right to drop. Yeah, tuning. just go right oh. to drop tuning. <laughs> just play everything in drop B, and you're okay, right? <laughs> Does, I want to join just the worship bar- team. All right, all right, lady. baritone G- guitars gent. from now on. Do you gent? That that's the that we need to add that to the res side, Bradley. Can you gent? On a scale uh, of one to gent, where yeah, the uh, the new tryout song is from Periphery. <laughs> I'd be so down. But could you imagine just how much better 
every worship team would be if the worship if, they if the tryout songs were periphery. I mean, holy <laughs> crap! <Yeah. laughs> there'd be like there'd be like two churches, and everyone else would be like, "Screw it, we're going back to Oregon. This ain't working yeah. out." <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert: I would not make it on the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, so. You know, thinking about this, I, I think the cultivation piece, it, I mean, that relationship's already there. And um, so it's not like you can just stop scheduling them and ghost them because that's just going to be completely, you know, just devastating for them personally. I mean, we've, we've done that before on accident. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a temp- it's a temptation, right? Uh, to be to just to be passive and just kind of let this fizzle out, but you know, it it, it rarely works the way that we hope. Um, you know. Our, uh, our listener uh, seems to suggest that um, he believes his church could or has the financial wherewithal to, to pay vocalists. I would almost rather suggest maybe we work at getting a vocal coach in mm-hmm. to, work yeah. With, yeah, yeah. to work with this team. Um, because if these people are really dedicated, so long as they're not like completely arrogant and be like, you know, I'm the best thing uh, since uh, since sliced bread or whatever, um, then then I think there's there's hope for growth. I mean, you you listen to uh, all of these different vocal coaches and, and vocal instructors, the ones that I know, even the people online like Ken Tamplin and, and whatever, uh, they're all very clear. as like anybody can sing well. It's just a matter of work and practice. And the biggest hurdle there is convincing those people that they actually need to work. Mm-hmm. And, and, but that's still, I think, an easier conversation than saying, you know, you're, you're off the team. Or even to the point of, you know, I understand that, that this congregation doesn't have any strong vocalists in it. Uh, but perhaps there comes a time maybe with some vocal coaching that one rises to the front and, and is showing more progress and more potential than the others. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the others go to some sort of chorus line sort of sort of deal. I mean, like, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, at Christ we use multi-tracks for some of our songs, and shoot, almost every worship song has a choir or a background vocal track that is just a ton of people. I mean, so it's not without—it's not outside of the realm of possibility um, that their talents could still be used in a context like that, even if with some vocal training they weren't able to uh, uh, to grow at the rate it sounds like musically uh, this ensemble needs. Um, but I—I um, I think that'd be where my encouragement sits: is uh, is see if we can if if I say we collectively but you can get a a vocal coach to come alongside those individuals um as a almost as a blessing to them um rather than wow this sucks we need to do something bring in a fixer but bring in someone's like hey you know we really value your service to the church to the congregation and, uh, you know, we, we want to strive towards excellence. And one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to bring in uh, a vocal coach and, and help, you, uh, uh, help you guys work together as an ensemble, uh, work together a bit better. And perhaps framing it like that would come across better than, than just saying, you know, get good or get gone, you know? Well, what, and I, I agree with that, John. And 
you know, what you really are doing there is you're saying, you know, to your team, we got to get better. I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that right. If that offends somebody and they quit the team or leave the church or both, then that person's not teachable and Mm -hmm. really probably doesn't have the right heart to be on the team in the first place. But if you come in and say to them, look, you know, record video the service and then show it to them and say, we need to, we need to sound better vocalist and, and up the ante in terms of their commitment to getting better. That might filter out as well as, you know, give people that really want to grow and learn an opportunity to do so. It might filter out some of those that, you know, are bad singers and don't want to make that commitment. Um, You know, when I came to this church, the guy who was directing the choir um, was, you know, a pretty talented singer and musician, but his efforts in the choir were so minimal. uh, Mm -hmm. They didn't rehearse at all, and the choir sounded terrible. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming in as the new guy, and everybody knew that I've got a musical background, and I I didn't want to just say, you're done, and take over. Right. But what I did say to him, um, because I had pastoral authority coming on staff, is I said, you're going to rehearse. Yeah. I took him to lunch, uh, and I said, we're going to rehearse every week and practice and plan and prepare. You're still in charge. You're still doing what you do, mm-hmm. but you're going to rehearse. And he looked right back at me and said, I'm done. Yeah. Mm. Like, he, he just didn't want to go there. He wasn't mad. He didn't have you know, a bad attitude, uh, actually stayed at the church for a while, but he's like, I don't want to do that. Right. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll take over. I mean, I, I, I accepted his resignation right there. There was no back and forth about it. Yeah. You took so him to you, lunch and then you took him to the cleaners. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the, the, the thing was, is that, you know, I took away his platform to stand up and say that, you know, I treated him poorly cause I didn't, I just upped the ante. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you do that, it might filter out some of those singers and then give them an opportunity to to grow. I also like your idea of incorporating an ensemble choir. Uh, you know, back in the day, I you know I've worked with you know multiple choirs and some of them good, some of them not so good, and we used to have CD split tracks that we. Oh used. yeah, mm-hmm. yep. So what I would do is I would run the voices through the monitors, the choir yep. monitors, which the choir mics would pick up in addition to the live singing. Mm-hmm. It, and it was basically an old school multi-track. Yeah. And it would feed through, and they sounded way better than they did on their own. Just a and little so bit of could, supplement. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, just put a little gravy on it. And I think they could do that with multi-tracks. Uh, put, put the marginal singers in an ensemble choir kind of setting, find your best ones and give them a microphone and or hire some professional singers to come in and but and still give those people an opportunity to be a part, but just sweeten them with some multi tracks. And there's there's always the possibility. I know I know that some churches do this where maybe they're short on incredible singers or something of the sort is, you know, they have these huge stages and they have to fill that space. So it's, if you can, you know, carry a tune in a bucket, you get a microphone. It's just, you are turned way down. Right. 
And, you know, you can obviously still hear yourself in your ears, so maybe that's a way to build confidence, get them experience, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not necessarily prominent in the mix. Yeah. So that's that's always uh, that's always an option, and it almost kind of becomes a placebo. So, you know, people aren't even really hearing them, but they think they hear six right. or seven singers. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I, yeah mean, you, I mean, if you're going to use the resources of the church— a church that size, especially I, I, if I was in his shoes, I think I would invest. If you don't already have the equipment, Ableton, multi-tracks, whatever, and start piping that stuff through to cover up some of the pitch problems, turn the microphones down at the very least. Um, if not put them in a choir and ensemble and identify one or two really strong singers that you let lead the thing. That might be as opposed to just going in there and cleaning house and hiring people to come in. I mean, if you want to go that route, go ahead. You're probably going to lose people, though. Yeah, and I want to go back to the to the recording idea of of we've we've done that of uh, throwing the video at our team and saying, "Hey, here's how you looked," uh, because we had a couple of stage presence issues, and it was mm-hmm. you know. You know, hey, everybody else is doing these things, and you are literally just standing there. And it wasn't to insult them; right. it was to encourage them to get better. Where if you, yeah, I mean, you if can't, you give you an can't audio see yourself third person. You know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you give them an audio recording, a lot of these people have never heard themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know, like yeah. there's a lot of local bands out there that I can tell that they didn't actually listen to that song that they put out, or even you know, people on American Idol. They've clearly never heard themselves. Right. Where if they hear themselves and they can hear, yeah, I was flat on that, that, and that note, uh, then that can, obviously you're not trying to discourage them and make them feel terrible because that that can definitely happen depending on how it's presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it's presented with, hey, let's all get better and here's where you can improve on you know this range yeah. or what have you. Then there you I go. Mean, so so long as that's made available to the whole team, uh, just to yes, make sure exactly. That, uh, not not. I mean, the guitars, the bass, and the drums aren't getting. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, fo- uh, football teams do it. Like, that's right. oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. I mean, you're in the South. They probably do it for Pee Wee football down there. Um, <laughs> you know, like they always watch. Oh, they're using they they're using VR with kindergarten quarterbacks already and stuff. Dude, it's, like, it's crazy. The, the company that makes all that craps here in Lincoln, like uh, oh, really? Huddle, like it's in all like yeah. the middle yep. schools yep. and everything. It's, we it's we ridiculous. use we use Huddle for my baseball team. Built in Lincoln, Nebraska. How about that? How about um, it? but, it's a really uh, cool tool, actually. You know, if if they're doing that for for sports why haven't we said for something that is arguably much more important that is to say the the worship experience the gathering of the saints um i don't think there should be a such a cognitive disconnect there i i, I think that we should probably uh latch onto those tools that that we have yeah. Yeah. um i mean if you're not yet recording your service um, which I would assume a church that this size probably is for shut-ins yeah, or some yeah, sort of yeah. podcast ministry. Um, uh, of course, there are some licensing concerns with uh, you know republishing the the music that's played. Uh, but if you take the like, what we do is we don't uh, send the music tracks to our shut-ins. We just make the servant audio available. However, we do record the entire service. 
So it, it wouldn't be that much more of a time commitment for whoever is working that recording and publishing it to just leave the whole thing and email it to the worship arts director to then yeah, and uh, that's, disseminate and that's, to the rest of the band. Yeah, that's that's what we do, and we make extra sure it's like, hey, don't post this on social media. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's mm-hmm. a private link that you know you right. have to have the link. Yeah. Um, Bradley, have you ever uh, watched "quote unquote" game film of your own sermons? Oh, absolutely! I watched it this morning. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, it's the first opportunity. I didn't preach this past Sunday, but the Sunday before I did. Yeah. And this morning early was the first opportunity I had to go back and listen to it. Yeah. And I absolutely, I do that. I mean, yeah. I. I go through and for two reasons. One is to just kind of rehearse the content myself. Yeah. I mean, I I would expect our congregation, our members to go back and re-listen to sermons. Sure. You know, just, I mean, I preach the thing and I go back and listen to myself and I go, oh, I said that. That was, yeah, that's (laughs) good. And and so it's good for my soul. But then at the same time, I do, I I critique my, my stage presence the way I said things, how I organized my notes, um, you know, the flow of the sermon. If I ever were to preach that sermon again, I would do it this way. Yep. Uh, yep. Sometimes I'll go back and edit the sermon notes and file them away after I've listened to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. because it's helpful to me to, yeah, yeah. absolutely, I do that. Yeah, now, now I'm sure it was kind of awkward the first few times you did that, though. I hated it. Yeah, hated and, it. and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's still a little discomfort now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm gaining a little weight, or I'm just, <laughs> you know, or or you, you you do that. This drives me crazy when I go back and listen to stuff. Like if I'm uh, just for an example, if I'm talking about Peter and Paul at the same in the same you know section of a sermon, and I say Peter's name when I meant to say Paul, or I say Paul's name when I meant to say Peter, oh yeah, and yeah. then I go on a string of two or three of those, yeah, and I'm like. God, I hope people knew what I meant to say because I used the wrong <laughs> name in the wrong place. And usually, just... usually when you or Keith do that, you know, there will <laughs> the people on the front row look at each other from across the sanctuary, <laughs> be like. Are, I almost just need to sure? give y'all. I almost need to give y'all permission to just stand up and turn around and go. This is what he meant, you know, because I, it, it is such a pet peeve. It's worse than nails on a chalkboard for me when I do that. <laughs> but your brain, you know, my brain is in this mode. Uh, I've told Cody this before. When I preach, that my brain goes into this gear that I can't describe any other way than to say that my. My thoughts are about two to three sentences ahead of what I'm actually saying. Right. Yeah. So I'm 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 talking, and you have you have to do that. Yeah, I'm talking, but I'm also planning at the same mm-hmm. time. And sometimes the I don't know, maybe because of tired fatigue, or I just didn't have enough coffee that morning, or I'm just not on my game. I my brain is thinking about what's ahead, and I'm not filtering adequately what I'm actually saying in the moment. And so you get names crossed or you, mm-hmm. you, you say Corinthians and you met Colossians or you, you, you know, talk just, about setting craptives free, setting craptives yeah. free. Exactly. <laughs> I mean the, now granted it's not something I do every Sunday. So I think I have a little bit more excuse here, but um, the times that I have that I have preached and delivered the message um, sometimes I don't even remember what I've said. And so I have mm-hmm. to go back and look um, right and and listen to the sermon audio and you know my encouragement is the first time I did that whether it be sermon audio or or even like when I was on worship leader and wanted to critique my own singing 
I was really struck with this feeling of, of vanity. And it, and my encouragement is it's not vain of you to want to listen to yourself to get better right? Um, or to see how good you did. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not conceited or arrogant or vain or, or, or anything like that. Um, so don't be afraid to ask whoever holds that flash drive containing last week's service on it, um, you know, for, for that content. Um, because that's going to be, uh, that's going to be valuable to help you grow as, as a preacher, as a, a speaker, as a singer, or, or even as a player. Um, you can't get better if you don't know what's going on. And as we all know, it's difficult to rely on your friends, family, and the old ladies in the congregation to tell you how well you did yep. after a service. That's right. That's right. Um, that's so true. Because you're either going to get like, oh yeah, it was fine. Or, uh, you know, I wasn't paying attention. Sorry. Or, oh my gosh, you guys are so great. You're so great. My son, <laughs> my son isn't nearly as great as you are, but you'd like my son. He, you know, or, or whatever, but you know, it's, it's, the, it's the same thing and, and bless their hearts and so on and so forth. But, um, and, yeah, and don't, I mean, and don't rely on yourself to critique yourself no, either. No. Like, uh, yeah. like this Sunday morning, uh, my wife, Kristen was on base and she was kicking herself. Like she said that she had this terrible sun Sunday and whatever. And, um, and, and part of that was our, our basis in-ears are wired into the, into the, uh, mixer. Yeah. And, and she moved a little bit too far away. And so that hookup fell out of her pocket and it pulled mm. an ear out. And so she was out for like 15 or 20 seconds trying to get that uh, uh, oriented. And it was a pretty big song to open up. It happened to everybody. Yeah, I can just, yeah, I can just see her, I can see her walking away. And just like the tension, like you just see the cord and just, <laughs> her head snaps back. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so there was that, and you know that just kind of had her all or, uh, had her all out of sorts. Right. But then everybody else who talked to her were like, no, it sounded fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, some, sometimes you just gotta be easier on yourself, not beat yourself up over stuff. You know, sometimes it's the things that we focus on. We focus on one flop, and uh, you know, we take ourselves out of the moment and. And obviously that that does hinder our worshipful attitude, um, but so true. Uh, you know taking us out of the moment can also um, you know even when we fixate on on one failure, um, it, it really uh, you know is an obstacle uh, for us uh, enjoying our proficiency in other areas as well. Uh, right. So. One one other thing I would add just to the person that submitted the question is. Whatever you do, whatever changes you make or how you go about solving this problem, be sure that as you're doing that, as you're telling people what we're what they're going to do or what you're going to do, be sure that you are anchoring that to why we're doing this. I mean, there's there's there needs to be biblical reinforcement of the importance of leading worship, what it is that we're doing, leading the congregation to worship and glorify God through song. Uh, and we want to do that with excellence. You know, there was a statement that we used here at Res uh, for years when we were really, because when I came here, the standard of excellence was very low. Yeah. And we went about trying to up that ante across the board in all facets of the ministry. And so we, we put these little signs up everywhere that says, excellence honors God and inspires people. Mm -hmm. uh, and because it's really a stewardship issue. Um, you know, the people that do have some musical talent on, on the vocal team and as well as the musicians that are at the pro level, 
there's a stewardship issue here. Right. Is that we're, we've been given gifts and we need to steward them well. We, we, we have the ability to improve our craft. And, and it, that, that's not to the expense of dependence on the Holy Spirit uh, to work and use our efforts to do something supernatural because that's ultimately what we're after. We're not just trying to sound good for the sake of sounding good. Yep. We want to do things with excellence as unto the Lord while depending on him to do what our best efforts musically cannot do. Right. And that is a heart awakened to the beauty and glory of God. So um, whatever you do, make sure you anchor it to that why um, and that people understand, look, we're not just coming and saying, look, we suck, and now we need to try to get as better as we can. Uh, but we, we want to do this because, you know, the Bible says whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Right. Right. And so we're going to we're going to work to get better. And here are some things we're going to do. And here's some changes we're going to make. Um, you just got to anchor it to the why and and let people hear your heart and your passion and your vision uh, for the ministry uh, as you implement changes. Um, so that would be my my encouragement. Yeah, yeah I think we can leave it there. <laughs> I think so. I got to get anyway. Uh, so follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you leave a five-star review on iTunes. Support the show at anchor.fm where you can donate money and help us improve. If you pledge to donate $10 a month for a year, you get your choice of a Piper Drive version 2 or a Wycliffe Fuzz. We will leave you with the Gear Dads. That's Drew Smizer if, if you're familiar with the uh, podcast lounge. Uh, the Gear Dads review of the Exegete is my sonic replication of the Big Sonic Expandora, and I think it sounds pretty fantastic. So have a listen here. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? The Gear Dad here today with another pedal demo. If you come down here, I've got the Westminster Effects Exegete Overdrive slash Distortion slash Fuzz. Um, it sounds like a lot in one. But this is actually a really, 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 really fun pedal. Um, simple setup, as you can see. We've got volume, tone, and gain, um, like so many overdrives you see out there. But also you have these two switches here. Switch one and switch two, both in the up position basically have this functioning as an overdrive pedal. You flip switch one down, and you're in the distortion kind of mode. With one, with switch one flip down, flip switch two down, and you're in like the insane kind of fuzz, hardly usable, but you still love it kind of sound. Um, again, a lot of fun. Let's, let's jump down here. I'm just going to have all knobs at midnight, and I'll take you through all three of these. Playing my Fender Telecaster as usual into my AC-15. I'm on the bridge position. Here's my clean signal.
Hey, there you have the exegete from Westminster Effects. Like I said, sorry you couldn't miss me shredding and drop D. Um, but this one's a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this one. I'm kind of tempted to just not send it back. Um, so hopefully, Cody, you're not watching this and hear that. All right, guys. Well, hey, uh, I'd love for you to like and subscribe my videos. If you would, check out some others. Just give them a like. Give, give me a comment if you'd like to see any pedals. If you make pedals or you're getting started making pedals and you want to send me one to demo, I'd love to do that. Uh, just shoot me a message. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>